this is Leslie. And this is Liam. And we are trading money stress for real happiness. You are listening to Seeds, a 15-minute debrief on young people's common money challenges. Every episode will bring someone new to the table to plant a foundational seed on how to grow our wealth and unlock our ideal lifestyles. We are so, so glad you're here. And today's guest, we have Arja Patel, based in Chicago. We're excited to have Arja because our job is our subject matter expert here in Chicago with anything real estate. He works in real estate. He invests in real estate. He works in partnerships with another uh, buddy and business partner in the space. So really well educated. He's going to bring a lot of interesting perspectives in one of the writings that we got from the listener. Exactly. So Arjav, we wanted to ask, as you know, our podcast is focused on planting that seed to help trade money stress for real happiness. What does happiness mean to you and how are you using finances to get there? Yeah, so first of all, I want to say thank you to you guys for having me on today. I'm excited to be here. Um, So happiness to me is pretty general. It's just living life to the fullest and that's different for everybody. And for me, it's just creating experiences, building relationships, meeting some amazing people, uh, you know, pursuing your potential. And finance is just a means to achieve that because it gives you the freedom to do it. I love that. I'm going to push back to what, 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 uh, like experiences or what, what's living life to the fullest looking like for you this year? Uh, this year, you know, just traveling more is really on my agenda. Nice. Um, and just more of focusing on pursuing like my goals. Um, yeah. just trying to make some real strides. You have one trip in your mind or is it just kind of impromptu when I find the deal I'm looking for, I'm going? Um, I do have a trip to Costa Rica coming up in May, uh, which should be fun. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited for that. And then besides that, maybe just some like spontaneous weekend trips. Yeah. Those are the best ones, but, but our job, great. We've had a few, a few travel episodes recently too. So it's really cool to hear that you're also into that. Like we all are, right? Right. Uh, right. We're glad that you're here to weigh in today in particular, because we have an interesting question that one of our listeners submitted um, this listener is from Ohio, and this is Kathy, and she actually asked, and I'm happy we have you on with a real estate perspective. She said, I've heard about real estate investing as a means to build wealth a few times on seeds and from other resources. What if I currently have student loans and in turn not the strongest credit score? Does this mean I can't be involved in this wealth building strategy? So that's our question we have. I mean. Archive, I thought you were able to bring some really interesting perspectives being so experienced in this space and working in partnerships and kind of being well connected in the area. So, so I'm curious what your initial thoughts are to that question. Where would you start if you were in Kathy's shoes to think about this? Yeah, so I mean, that's a great question and I think it uh, applies to a lot of people. Um, so first off, I guess, depending on how much student loan you have, but it's definitely still possible to do um when applying for a loan so if you find if you're looking to invest or uh, buy a property that you're going to live in um one thing that a lender will look at is your debt to income ratio Mm. and so if you do have high student loans what you can do so generally for a regular conventional loan um they look for a 43 to 45 percent um debt to income ratio and that and they do that on a monthly on your monthly income um, so basically what that means is, you know, how much are you making per month 
and what payments do you have to make, and that includes your student loans. Um, and that's something anybody can calculate. Uh, again, and I'd just like to disclose really quickly that I'm not a mortgage broker. Yeah, uh, this is course. just things that I learned through my experience. Um, so generally, they'll look at your debt to income ratio. Um, so you can still get into it with high student loans. Um, it's best to talk to a mortgage broker to see what options you have. Uh, but it's something you could definitely calculate on your own, um, just based on your monthly income and your you know, debt, which includes like auto loans, uh, your student loans, any sort of liabilities. Um, and generally it's, they'll look at 40, they'll accept anything from like 43 to 45%, but they can go as up to 50, as high as 50%, depending on the lender. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, so what you're saying is, and, and the numbers are really helpful here because a lot of us, uh, me and Liam included, as well as our listeners, are really embarking on these large picture strategies for, for, for many people for the first time. Um, so, if we're looking at, you know, 45 to 43 to 45 percent is kind of like that sweet spot. That means if you're making a thousand dollars per month in post-tax income they're gonna wanna see that you don't have more than $450 per month in those debt payments, including credit cards, including student loans, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So really helpful to anchor there. Yeah, Yeah, nice back of the napkin math there. You know I love little back of the napkin math. (laughs) I'm a numbers girl, I can't lie to you. (laughs) Yeah, 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 interesting. And I also think about one of the other things, Arja, that the, the listener mentioned was not having the strongest credit score too. Um, right. Yeah, I want to if you shed a little bit of light on, on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, again, depending on the type of property that you're looking at. So if you're looking at to get um, to getting a conventional loan, um, I believe that the minimum credit score that uh, is still financeable is 640. Uh, and that's through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Um, and if it's like, say, and that's if it's your primary resident. Um, if you're mm-hmm. looking at an investment property, they might ask or look for a little bit higher credit score mm-hmm. um, because the way lenders look at you is from a risk perspective and your ability to pay back the loan. Um, right. And if you're below a 640, then a lot of people can qualify for an FHA loan. Um, and for that, they will take, uh, I believe it goes as low as eight or sorry, um, 580. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually a good route to take for a lot of people. Uh, because FHA loan allows you to put as low as 3.5% down uh, as long as you live in one of the units. Um, and so when it comes to credit scores, you know, there's, I, don't, I know most people look at like Credit Karma to know what their credit scores are. Um, and I guess one thing to just be aware of is Credit Karma is a consumer credit and what a lender will pull is a little bit different. Um, and generally it's a little bit lower than what like Credit Karma would show you. Mm. Interesting. That is really good to know, Arjun, because I, yeah. I wouldn't have known that. I had no clue. About the difference between the, the multiple different credit scores there. So sounds like, and obviously this is just Arjun and his experience and what he's seen so far, but there are some ballparks that you can look up when it comes to, you know, a, approximately what should that debt-to-income ratio be and, and what does that credit score look like. Uh, guys, you know I'm probably itching at this point to get to some of the bigger, deeper questions that, that might be uh, even more helpful in this case. And my first question as a coach is really, 
when we think about adding on real estate investing to our strategy and we think about the also loan kind of repayment schedule as well as what we're hoping to do from like a priorities and goals standpoint my biggest question for for kathy is how does this like come into your long-term goals as well as your short-term goals like why are we looking into real estate right now are we looking at this as a three-year play is this something that you feel really pressured to do right now is that because you feel like you've got FOMO from other folks that are closing homes at 24 um, of which seeds definitely does talk about a lot of those people right right? but I I would also you know in getting some of those grounding numbers think back to what's the ultimate why like are we just going through something to go through the motions of saying that I invested in real estate, um, or are we actually moving and advancing towards a bigger picture goal, at which point timing may be, you know, yeah. up to chance, I feel like. Yeah, Leslie, that's a really good point, because I think immediately of, of yeah, what kind of property are they are they looking to invest in? Is this something that they want to rehab mm-hmm. and maybe buy something that's not in the best shape, mm-hmm. work on it for a few months, and then sell it again? Right. Or is this something, and our job, I think when we were chatting a little bit before the podcast, before we started recording, you mentioned that your strategy is more a buy and hold, right? So you're getting these properties and renting them out for the long term? Correct, yeah. I buy properties to uh, benefit from the cash flow. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily buy for the appreciation value. Sure. Um, So I usually look for value-add properties. Um, So most of them just... Uh, probably like cosmetic work, nothing too major. That way, you can increase rents and uh, you know increase your cash flow while covering your mortgage and your uh, expenses. Right, and, and jumping in here for our listeners that are very new to, to real estate or just investing in mm-hmm. general, of course, that cash flow our job is mentioning is what you could potentially make from rental income in renting out the units within that property, the appreciation mm-hmm. being the actual value of the overall property itself. And oftentimes what people can make a profit on when they're buying a property and then selling it for a, a larger list price. So. Just uh, translating for, for those of us that are right. a little bit newer, yeah. Right, right, and, th- and those are two different strategies, right? You have your appreciation where you're you're guessing a little bit, but you're also projecting, right? So you're looking at, oh, okay, this neighborhood I think will be up and coming in a few years. Mm-hmm. Right now it's very inexpensive, but maybe in a few years I'm thinking it might be worth a lot more. You're kind of betting on, on that thought of yourself, whereas our job mentioned the cash flow, that's more... I have a feeling that Leslie likes this a little bit more. That's more hard numbers as you're investing in, in that property, you're already seeing the returns in numbers and how that would work. Is that right, our job? Is that kind of the way you look at it as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, I usually, when I go tour properties, it's, you know, I'm looking at the potential um, of what it could be. Um, and then based on, like, you know, where it is uh, and the market in the area, uh, what the rents could potentially be. Mm, yeah. Now, ours are really, really helpful perspective there. And, and although I'm kind of sad to wrap up the topic of student loans, potentially low credit, how to get involved in, in investing in real estate, I do want to, after planting the seed on the topic, make sure our listeners can see how the seed could otherwise blossom and grow and inspire their own wealth journey. So, Arjava, I'll start with you. Any actionable takeaways or, or quick tips that you might um, share with our listeners to help these seeds become plants? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the best takeaway or actionable takeaway is just go out. If you're serious about investing in real estate and, you know, building that generational wealth, um, go talk to a mortgage broker um, because they will give you, they'll lay out all your options based on how much capital you have, uh, you know, your credit scores, your debt. And they, there's all these options out there depending on the lender you go to. Um, and so like, I don't want to, like people think that it's difficult to get into real estate because you need a lot of money. And in some cases you do, but there's a lot of options where you can put down as low as 5% or you can do, um, you know, there's a lot of grants that you can, apply for that'll pay for your down payment or your closing costs and that way i think if you really just lay out your options and see what's out there you can you'd be surprised at how quickly you can get into this mm. and start building wealth and you know start cash flowing yeah yeah, yeah that's a, that's a great point another takeaway that i have is is that debt to income ratio that our job shared with some of those hard numbers um, so what, even if you are in, in a situation like Kathy, maybe where you do have loans that you're already paying off, how does that relate to your current income? And you can then start to kind of think in your head, okay, how realistic is this? Um, because I think in Kathy's question, she asked, does this mean, you know, can, can I, or can't I be involved? And, uh, if that's, you know, once, as you go over that, um, that debt to income ratio, Maybe it's just a not yet, you know, as you continue to grow your income, uh, that, that could be something that you should be involved in down the road. So I think it's awesome to explore. So back to our job's point, go see that that um, that resource, you know, and, and get, get a little bit more information on different credit scores. And so you can start to kind of visualize what it might look like in the future. Mm. Right, right. Yeah, I like that. Liam, our job is, as always, such great takeaways here. And I'm actually going to add in something that I heard from from a coworker um, about how to goal set and how to plan. I think it's really applicable here. Uh, my coworker actually plans out what the ideal state of his life will look like in 10 years. Now, for us planners out there, this sounds like an amazing exercise. For others out there, this might sound like so, so, so overwhelming. <laughs> um, but as much as possible, try to choose a long-term goal and work backwards. Okay, maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's five years. Uh, based on that long-term goal, like what milestones do I need to hit along the way to get there? I think this really comes back to this conversation about if you have student loans and you're also looking to get into real estate investing and you also want to get your credit score up and like maybe you also want to go stock our job in Costa Rica, like all of those <laughs> things don't happen at the same time. So based on that, I'd really encourage Kathy to sit back, think about what her timeline is with all of these goals together and then how she wants to approach each one. I think. There's a lot of FOMO out there um, and would encourage her to, to, to think about what works best for her. Yeah. Um, and although we're always dropping such great nuggets here, especially on real estate, I do want to take a moment to celebrate an incredible remit by my good friend Kennedy, still based in North Carolina. And she's mentioned that she's been listening to Siege during every single workout, um, helping to tie. Workouts. Yeah. getting her pumped up. Getting her pumped up. Let's go, up. Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> she's been tying her physical fitness with that mental fitness okay, and toughness yeah. as a. One more rep, Kennedy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as a personal finance master and just general, um, really coming into her, her 
her adult life and being best armed to do so with information. So, Kennedy, you're awesome. Continue pumping that iron. Continue listening to Seeds. And we can't wait to be to continue to be part of your transformation in more ways than one. Yeah, I like that. Bringing mental and physical together. Because that's that wholesome wellness, yeah. right? Good for you, Kennedy. That's awesome. Yeah. And we love bringing up these stories because we know there are so many others like us beginning their wealth journey, like Kennedy, like our job, and seeking happiness in real time. So we're so grateful to you, all of our listeners, for joining us. We'd love to hear about your challenges and your real growth moments. Yes, Liam, so glad you mentioned that. Please go to the link in our Seeds description to share your experiences with us. We'd love to help you achieve those goals and, of course, celebrate when you do. Selfishly, can't wait to be part of the journey. In the meantime... (laughs) Go subscribe to Seeds, stay up to date with the community as we collectively pursue happiness. And lastly, but definitely not least, huge shout out to Arja for weighing in on getting into real estate, maybe with a couple other factors in mind. Arja, it's a pleasure chatting with you. Where can listeners follow up with you, keep up with your journey, or just otherwise stay in touch? Um, So I am on LinkedIn um, and then on Instagram. Um, I think my handle is at p 13 um, so if anybody ever has any questions about you know real estate or getting started they're more than welcome to you know, send me a message awesome Arjo be careful what you wish for uh, <laughs> my fiance will be in your DMs but in the meantime <laughs> in the meantime everyone have a great rest of your week and we will see you next Wednesday next Wednesday signing off thanks Arjo bye yeah thanks for having me